Well, you heard what we've been talking about with Jeffrey Doherty. We're going to take your calls with him when we come right back on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Jeffrey Doherty with us as we are talking about all kinds of incredible stories indeed. What's one of your favorite parts of the Bible, Jeffrey? Uh, probably, as we've talked about, um, the book of Revelation, because, again, it is an unveiling. And I think it really is the key that unlocks everything, George. And when you understand that, when you take the time to read it and actually study it word for word in your interlinear and your Strong's Concordance, you come away with such hope and inspiration and a optimistic view of humanity, George. I think we can win this and come out on top. Uh, you probably are right about that, but will it be a tough battle to win it? You know, I have a part of me, George, that hopes that when, you know, the enemies of humanity see humanity in mass, divine, sovereign, and free, marching against them, that they may turn tail and run. But I think we do have to be prepared that we might actually have to fight and fight hard. And I hope we'll be like Mel Gibson and Braveheart and we'll say, you know, you may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. And, you know, we've been in the military, both of us, and sometimes some have to give their lives for others to be free. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I stand ready to to do what I can to make sure that humanity does emerge divine, sovereign, and free. Well, let's go to the phones. Let's start with East of the Rockies. AC is with us in Cleveland, Ohio. AC, welcome to the show. Hello, George, and hello, Jeff. Hi there. Hello. Taking my call. Um, You both were talking about before the top of the hour the second coming and uh, the tribulation. Well, Jesus promised in Matthew 24, you know, um, a second coming of of himself without any arrival, and in a series of four parables talking about a pre-tribulation rapture. And in Matthew 24, also, he talked about a tribulation period, and the first 13 verses in his response in Matthew 24 have happened and are happening now, there's betrayals, there's wars, rumors of wars, there's many coming in the, na- in, his, in the name of Jesus saying they are the Christ and they're deceiving many. And then he also said to go back, he said that um, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And if we go back to the days of Noah, what does the Bible say there? The thoughts of their heart were evil continually. So we have plenty of prophecy from Jesus, just himself, coupled with the Jewish prophets. And and the, the rapture, the term rapture really is applied to this concept of the second coming, and it's a rescue mission. And those that are taken alive in the rapture, they never experience death. And it's a rescue mission to rescue those that are faithful to Jesus, to what he taught, um, to escape the tribulation period. And Jesus promised us. He said, my words shall not pass away. And the book of Revelation is outlined, actually, in one verse, in the first chapter. All right, let's get your thoughts on that, Jeffrey. Well, AC, thanks, uh, first of all, for calling. Obviously, you're a guy that does some reading and does some study 
And you know, I totally, completely support you know your right to be able to hold your convictions, and it sounds like you hold them, you know, very, very strongly. You know, I used to be exactly where you were. I you know preached it and taught it for you know 25 years, uh, 20 of it full time. And as I got deeper and deeper into the original text, I became convinced that it may not be exactly what they've told us. And you know. I, just something I would encourage you to think about. You know, we talked about the Mandela effect, and it looks like some of the jots and the tittles have been changed or passed away. And I wonder um, what you might think about that. But, you know, keep studying, keep working. Um, I appreciate you and your convictions. I don't have to share them to support your right to hold them. Indeed, indeed. Next up, we've got uh, Linda in Spokane, Washington, west of the Rockies. Linda, go ahead. Linda, you there? Hi, George. You caught me right in the bathroom. I'm sorry. What are you uh, doing in the bathroom? Well, what we all do. Well, you, anyway. you, how'd you call us yeah. and you're in the bathroom? Well, that's another story, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready now. Anyways, um, as far as last night, I didn't hang up. My phone wouldn't connect when you were ready to take my call. But tonight, I want to say in reference to what Jeffrey's talking about, everybody talks about how the devil sacrifices and he's so evil. But isn't that what God did all through the uh, Old Testament? I heard a guest on your show that said that when Jesus was being crucified, God was in a spaceship, and uh, that's why Jesus said, Father, Father, why do you forsake me? And also, uh, God demanded that Isaiah, no, Isaac, take his son up on a mountain Mm -hmm. and stab him and stop him right at the last minute. What kind of God does that? Plus, look what he put Job through. Plus, look at all the sacrifices that had to be done with innocent lambs. And what, what are some thoughts on that, Jeffrey? Uh, Linda, um, you're in Spokane. I pastored my first church uh, just across the state line there in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And, George, I think that she was talking about a show that we did sometime back in the day, talking about that spaceship, and you reminded me of the Fatima prophecies and how that could have been the sun coming down, a reflection off of a metal craft. Linda, um, you're obviously a very deep uh, student of the Scripture, and I happen to agree with you. I mean, if you look at what happened from, you know, Genesis chapter 3 on, even Jesus himself, you know, you could have the argument, and this is a little bit out there, but you'd have the argument, was Jesus a human sacrifice, or did Jesus commit suicide? You know, which one of those was it? Was it the Father? Was it the Son that did it? But I think you're right on, and that's one of those things that people have to ask themselves. You have to eat my flesh, you have to drink my blood, or there's no life in you. That's one of those things you have to ask and look and say, mm, is this the kind of God that I want to serve? You know, I reserve, I, I respect your right to decide. I'm kind of on your side, Linda, 
And I think there's a few more people that might be asking those questions and coming up uh, with the same answers that we have, Linda. Thanks so much for calling, and I appreciate you. Jeffrey, do you believe in the heaven and hell concept? Uh, no, George, I, I, I don't. I don't believe in hell, obviously. You know, I'm, I'm a father. I've got, uh, you know, three kids. I've got, I think, almost eight grandkids now, one's on the way. And I couldn't imagine ever locking one of my kids or grandkids in a burning basement. I can't even uh, understand locking my greatest enemy in a burning basement. I don't think a righteous God is capable of doing that, in my opinion. And George, you know, this whole heaven thing, you know, pie in the sky and the sweet by and by after you die, I think that this earth is a beautiful, wonderful place. And I don't agree with this idea of let's get out of here and go to somewhere else. I think it's worth fighting for, and I think it's paradisical, and it will be again. I think that heaven really is a place on earth, George. You might be right about that. Absolutely. AC, thanks again for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Next up, let's go to John, truck driving in Ohio, first-time caller. Hey, John, go ahead. Hi, Jeffrey and George. How are you doing this morning? Great, John. Thank you. I, I've got a question, Jeffrey, on, and I'm Catholic, but we, we don't really go much into Revelations. But I read that, and then I see what they put on TV with Nostradamus, and, and I'm wondering what your take is on this Antichrist, because when it kind of makes me think the mark of the beast and then we went through all this vaccine stuff and you really couldn't go to work or you couldn't do anything without showing that you had the vaccination and i'm wondering maybe not that but that's a preclude to maybe something that's going to happen with a pandemic and then someone's going to take advantage of that and i'm I'm wondering like with the with this antichrist this whole thing how would how would we with all this stuff to, in the knowledge of social network how would someone be able to to possess that kind of power to do that? That's a great question, John. Uh, George, are we treading on dangerous ground talking about the vaccine and stuff like that? No, nope, not really. Okay, great, great. You know, John, I think that your your insight is is very interesting. And in fact, if you look at the tech, the text that talks about the mark of the beast, it can actually be rendered that word mark as a prick or a stab. So it does give your interpretation some real strength. And if we go to my conviction that the book of Revelation is not really prophetic scripture, but it's scripted prophecy of uh, a cabal that has decided what they're going to do, laid out the plans, put them out there, uh, one, for plausible deniability, and two, to convince us that it is actual scripture so that we'll give our intention and power to the manifestation of their agenda, you um, you must do a lot of thinking driving that truck because you hit on something that is right there in the text of the Scripture. And really the only way to get that kind of power, I don't think the political power does that. Uh, I don't think financial power does that. But when you have the power, as George just said, of holding heaven and hell over people and they believe you've got it, boy, that is the true power. Great thinking, John. You're obviously a great member of this audience for a long time. Absolutely. Jeffrey, we're going to continue chatting, and then we'll take more calls next half hour with you on Coast to Coast. Do you do much traveling or events or anything like that? You know, I would like to do more, but George, it's the strangest thing. I'm not the most popular guy in our genre right now. I'm not really sure why. 
but I'm always um, available to do so. And I'd love to be able to shake your hand sometime, George, at an event. But we don't get around as much as we'd like to, but I'm, I'm, I'm committing to doing more of that in this upcoming year. You should. With your subject matter, people would eat that up. You know, I think so, George. And, you know, maybe I've gotten a little fat and sassy. I met a beautiful woman, you know, uh, almost five years ago, and we have a beautiful home. And, you know, sometimes I feel guilty. People are going through such uh, problems, and my life has never been any better. I do feel guilty, George, but I have to be honest, I get over it pretty quickly. Frank in Hollywood, Maryland. Hey, Frank, welcome to the show. Howdy, George. Glad to be back with you. You too, sir. You remember... Three and a half years ago, you had a lady on this program who said she coined the phrase uh, Mandela Effect. Did you remember that? I remember, yep. All right. Now, Jeffrey, I could have sworn J- James Burton, the great guitarist for Elvis and Rick Nelson, that he died four years ago. And I, something is playing with my mind here. And then this question of the extraterrestrials, they're supposed to be anywhere from 100,000 years to a million years ahead of us in technology. If so, how come they haven't solved the problem of that hard ground that they crash into? And and, uh, some of these UFOs you see are ours because the lighting system is too similar. An extraterrestrial vehicle a, a million years ahead of us in technology they would need lights. They, 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 well, you, may be, you may be right about that, Frank. And you have said, Jeffrey, that most of these sightings originate from within the planet. I think that Frank is right. And, George, it is kind of funny that, you know, these these folks travel from, you know, light years away, but they get to Earth and they're not very good drivers. But, Frank, I can assure you that James Burton, Elvis's uh, guitarist from the 60s on through the end, James is still alive and well. I just had dinner with James not too long ago. But that is, many people believe, George, that James Burton died three or four years ago, but he is alive and well. He's battling right now. But, yeah, I think Frank is is right on that. These things get going. And uh, do they all come from some malevolent entity? Do they all uh, come from us misremembering? I don't think so. But, yeah, uh, it's very, very interesting, and it's just one of those things that makes you want to wake up every day and learn more. Do you remember the former actor who is dead, Jack Palance? Yes, of course I do. What a great actor. Everybody thought he had died years before he died. Everybody. You'd go up to them and say, oh, yeah, he died a couple years ago. I mean, and he was very much alive. And then one day when he died, everyone went, what? That's a Mandela effect, right? I, mean, you know, I think back, George, we t- how long has the Mandela effect been around? Obviously, there was a rumor that Mark Twain was dead because Mark Twain, of course, came out with the famous quip, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Exactly. Let's take another quick call. Let's go to Cornelius in Louisiana. Welcome to the show. Hello, Cornelius. Hey there, George and Jeffrey. But Mr. Jeffrey, I gotta disagree with you. Even though you claim you're the bait, uh, you know the best Bible scholar and stuff, my nickname is the God Guns and Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man here in the Bayou Country. And my thought with you, Jeffrey, my dad, and I salute your service in the Air Force. My dad was in the Air Force. He was a member of the uh, Nice Templar and Freemasons. And I gave George and Tommy a copy of those books that he had. 
but he was on the good side. And he said this pandemic was really a plandemic. And just like AC and that other guy from Ohio, this thing, they're getting ready for the mark of the beast. And there is a heaven and hell, Jeffrey. I'm sorry. The Bible says it. Jesus said it and everything. So I don't know if you're trying to deceive these people, but don't accept the mark of the beast. It's coming. You can see our banking system is failing. I don't know if you've been watching. As a military man, I had a secret to top secret clearance. I was a military police officer. We got thousands of communist Chinese crossing the border under Biden. I think he's been bought out. We had that balloon that flew over the country of all our missile silos. Peter Fry said the best way to get America would be to blow a nuke right over the middle of the country and knock out our power and everything. So something big is getting ready to happen. And you're trying to deceive these people, Jeffrey. You don't need to deceive them. The mark of the beast is coming. Just don't accept it. What do you mean by de- what do you mean by deceive though, Cornelius? He's but not look, George, the Bible says there's going to be a mark of the beast. Your callers are right. AC, that the guy that's in Ohio, you can see these earthquakes. We just had an earthquake in Pakistan. They're in all different places. Rumors, wars, and rumors of wars. Communist China may try to take over Taiwan. We're not going to stop them. The communist Chinese have more ships than we do now. They're in almost every country now. I know, but they what do you mean by Jeffrey's deceiving us? About what? George, he says, revelation in truth. The mark of the beast is true. Jesus Christ said all of this stuff. Well, let's hold on. Now. Let's, Jeffrey, I'd let you react to that. Okay. Well, first of all, Cornelius, thank you for your service. I, too, had a, a top-secret uh, clearance in the Air Force. And, Cornelius, you know, my my... You know, I would take a little bit of it. You know, George is like, why am I deceiving? And that's kind of my take, too, because I'm not telling anybody what to believe. And hold on right there, Jeffrey. We're going to hit a break and come back and let you finish up that answer. Then we'll take final calls right here on Coast to Coast AM. On our next Coast to Coast program, Randall Carlson joins us to talk about earth changes. And then later on, Dr. Michael Sala joins us to talk more about ETs and great technology from the past. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Jeffrey Doherty with us here. Jeffrey, we were talking about the, the end times prophecy and what the people thought. Were you deceiving people? I think not, but go ahead and finish that up. But George, I respect the heck out of guys like Cornelius. You know, they have the tenacity and patience to call into the show. And they've got the, you know, the, the chutzpah to, you know, question you and challenge you a little bit. And I think that's how we learn. It's okay to challenge one another, and if we do end up disagreeing, it's okay to do that, but let's not be disagreeable when we do that. And as far as uh, what he said about, about me, I don't tell anybody what to believe. That's not my job. It's not my place. All I say is take responsibility for your own beliefs, and if you're a Christian, make sure that you can show me chapter and verse where, why you believe it, and make sure you actually read and study that Bible so you know what it's really saying and not just believing what people tell you about it. So I don't see how, if I'm just telling you to read the Bible and decide for yourself, I can be deceiving. That's my point. Good point indeed. Next up, Joe in Long Island, New York, east of the Rockies. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Yeah, how you doing, uh, Jeffrey? Uh, 
It's interesting. I'm starting to read this disturbing book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. It's an audio book, but um, my question would be, you know, you had mentioned uh, being in Nazi Germany, and I wonder if this situation applies today to a degree where uh, if there's like opposing mindsets where Say you were in Germany, uh, you were in the service, for example, and you don't, you, you know, you do minding your own business, and your mindset isn't the same as someone that might be after you for whatever reason. So you're not able to deal with that because. Your mind doesn't go where their mind goes or isn't thinking along the same lines. So do you see a problem with that where, you know, someone just doesn't think like at all like other people uh, uh, do, and it's to their detriment in the sense that they don't believe that people actually think like that, and therefore they're not defending themselves against those people. Interesting. Take, That's a Joe. very interesting point, Joe. And I think it was Henry Ford that said, thinking is the hardest work there is. That's why so few people are willing to engage in it. And a lot of people don't think. And I, I did live for three years in then West Germany. And you know, as a student of history, you can look back and see a lot of parallels between, you know, that time, Germany in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and where we are today. Uh, I think it uh, calls for, you know, a lot of thought on our part. And we know, as people that listen to this show, you know, that history is written by the winners. And I think our challenge is sometimes, are we able to be just as inquisitive and ask the questions and question the answers of history when maybe we were on the side of the winners that wrote it? So I think that's our challenge, and that's our opportunity. So... I think you're right, Joe, and I appreciate your call. Jeffrey, what do you think of exorcisms? Um, boy, George, you always get me in trouble. Exorcisms, George, <laughs> I'll tell you what they are. I'll tell you. Exorcisms are this. The demons and the preachers and the priests are working together, whether they know it or not. The demons get in there and act up. The preachers cast them out. The preacher gets a lot of offerings, and people come to his church. The demon gets to go out and find seven more worse than him. That's in the text. He comes back. And as an evangelist, you know, I did this for 25 years, and I'd come back a year later and have to cast the same demons plus more out of the same guy or girl that I cast them out a year earlier. So, George, I'm telling you, it's like that old meme, the man and the dog are working together. Does it work? Well, it depends upon your definition of work, I guess. Again, it's it's kind of like a shell game. I work. I know the demon's there. We're going to have a big fight. He's going to pretend he leaves. Maybe he will leave, but he's going to come back with more. And that's okay with me because getting him out makes me look like a hero and gets me some money and some followers. And when he comes back, that's called job security, George, because we get to do it all again. Let's go to Joe in Monterey, California. Hello, Joseph. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, George. Sure, Joe. Welcome. Um, you're amazing, Jeffrey. I've <laughs> never heard such lies in all my life. <laughs> you're a charlatan. And, and, no, and, go and, easy, and Joe. A good one. Joe, this my, Joe. This is my profession for over 40-something years. 
okay? And I, I'm, I don't have a belief system. I have too many experiences from the on the other side and with a hierarchy that would make your head spin. Joe, if you're going to call you're somebody a charlatan, a Joe, Joe, do you hear me? Yes. If you're calling somebody a charlatan, you need to be specifically why. Okay. Number one, your definition of a demon was completely wrong about the energy of a person go leaves. That's his leaves opinion. And what is that? Come... That's his opinion. His opinion could be right or wrong. It doesn't make him a charlatan. Okay. Well, I check it out. I check everything. All my experiences I check out with, a, with the hierarchy, uh, Archangel Michael, uh, and sometimes Christ. Yes, that's right, George. I'm sure I you do. I only go to the highest because that's where you find the truth. Jeffrey, the guy accused you of being a charlatan. You're, you've got the platform here. Well, you know what, George? Um, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And again, strong opinions can cause us to have discussions and come to um, understandings. And even if we dis- disagree, we don't have to be disagreeable. So I won't be disagreeable with Joe because I support his right to think, you know, what he believes. Um, I don't think that I'm doing anything that you can actually define as being a charlatan, Joe. And I would just throw this out to you. You you know, you're talking about definitions of words, and that's very, very important. And uh, you talk about the Archangel Michael, and the definition of that word, Archangel, is actually Archon, according to the Scripture. So that might be something that you want to consider, and I appreciate you, and I hope that you will continue to dig deep. And I'll continue to do all that I can to make sure that all I'm doing is providing information and not trying to uh, do anything to do any harm to anyone. Well, then my feel, feeling, Jeffrey, is it's your opinion, and your opinion doesn't mean you're a charlatan or anything like that. And people get, need to get to a point where they can have discussions without attacking people's character. I, I agree with that, George, and that's one of the great things about this show, because, you know, I've been on here many, many times, and we get a lot of challenging phone calls, but at the end of the day, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of bad feelings, really, and and strong opinions are great. They're encouraged, and it shows that people are engaged, and they want to know, and they want to dig, because to be honest with you, George, right before I left Christianity, I probably sounded a whole lot like Joe, because when you get a little frightened, you get a little unsteady, then you begin to lash out and be angry. So I feel him, Joe. So I feel him, George, so to speak, and I have empathy for him. And normally he's pretty calm, so he uh, got set off today. Like I said, George, I'm not the most popular guy in our genre. <laughs> Let's go to Jake in Bowling Green, Ohio, first-time caller. Hey, Jake, go ahead. Hey there, fellas. Uh, George, hey, uh, Jake. thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I've been listening to you here in the truck for about four years now. Well, thank you for what you do. <clears throat> thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, quick question here to Jeffrey. Uh, I just was wondering what's your, you know, your opinion on the current state of things uh, right now in, uh, in the U.S., you know, or, or just like in general, you know, because it kind of seems like it's a mad world right now. There's a whole lot whole lot of big events going on, and uh, is it a positive outlook for the future, or uh, what do you think? It's a great question, Jake, and uh, please keep that big rig between the lines. We, we appreciate you, and you really do keep 
our, our country running, and uh, you're vital. So please take care of yourself. You know, we're in this place where we are, and, you know, there's really no way out except to go through it. And I'm reminded of the words of Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson said, I may paraphrase a little bit, he said, a little revolution now and again is a good thing. The tree of liberty needs to be watered sometimes by the blood of tyrants, sometimes by the blood of patriots, sometimes by the blood of both. As George and I were talking about earlier, I'm very optimistic about the outcome of not only the United States, but uh, humanity, I think, will emerge divine, sovereign, and free. But as George was pointing out, it may not be without a fight, and it may not be without some bloodshed. And again, I try to have that Braveheart mindset. You might take my life, but you'll never take my freedom, and I will lay down my life for my brothers and my sisters to help us emerge divine, sovereign, and free. Thank you so much, Jake. Appreciate that, Jake. James in Virginia, take it away, James. Hey, George and Jeff. Hey, how are you? Hey, I've, I've read Revelation many times, uh, um, Jeff. I don't know how in the world you miss the very beginning where it said it's the, West, it's the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the whole thing is based on Jesus Christ, and it's the Word of God. And, and the, the Ephesians 6 tells us in the end times, We'll have to. I would, we'll have to put on the armor of God. So in a way, you're indirectly doing a good thing, even though you're um, maybe an instrument of the devil, you know. Uh, but but at the same time, you're you're maybe doing a good thing, getting people to learn their Bible, so they can call you up and 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 defend their positions, and not just uh, not just say things and then then they're easily fooled by by other people like yourself. Now, Revelation three talks about the faithful church. And Jesus tells us, but this I believe this to be the rapture, because you, the faithful church, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. So we're going the Christians are going to be out of here apparently, and maybe just before the great rapture is uh, what I believe is the last three and a half year period. Jeffrey, why are you getting attacked so much tonight? I, like I told you, George, I'm not the most popular guy in the, on the playground. But I would submit to you that the rapture, if you're looking at it scripturally, comes at, uh, at the opening of the sixth seal in the book of Revelation. But I would encourage you to do this, uh, James. Read Revelation on BibleHub.com or some kind of interlinear, and read it word for word in the original Greek language. It's right there. It's, it's transliterated right down to English. Click on the words and see what they really mean. I think you might be surprised, my friend. You're a scholar. You're a student. And I challenge you to do that. And I think that you're going to find out some great stuff. You're a good man, James. You're working hard, and I appreciate you. Jim in Delaware, let's squeeze you in. Jimmy, go ahead. Hey, George, I think that, Je- Jeffrey, that you're, a, you're just showing proof positive of what Paul wrote in Thessalonians. He said, let no one deceive you by any means, for a falling away shall come first. Then that man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. So the whole church is in the falling away of the faith, Catholic and Protestant. My Catholic friend calls it the great apostasy. And um, and in other words, if Paul's saying, then the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition, 
looks to me like that's the next thing to happen is the anti revealing of the Antichrist, who he is. Somebody agrees with you, Jeff. <laughs> well, we won't tell Jim that my first book was Apostle Paul Antichrist, and we won't mention the fact, George, that you wrote a blurb for that one because we don't want to get ourselves in trouble. Oh, I remember that, and I had fun writing that. <laughs> Thank you so much. God, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? It was, George, but, but we're still young men. It's okay. Only got about a minute and a half left. Jeffrey, tell people, of course, what they get to see when they go to your website. Can they email you there, too? Yeah, the easiest thing to do, George, is just go on YouTube and type in the Christian Whistleblower. You'll find me. There's a connection there to my website. You can email me. You can love me. You can hate me. You can question me. I'm just here to get you thinking. And I think, George, tonight, if that's my goal, I've at least accomplished that. And I am so grateful and thankful, George, for the continued opportunity over the years to be here. I really think that this is the greatest work in our movement. You're the best in the world at what you do, George, and it's an honor and a privilege to spend a few minutes with you, and I'll come back anytime. Well, I'm glad you were able to face the firing squad, and uh, you stood up proudly, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's uh, Jeff Doherty, of course. Uh, One of his books is called Final Message of the Last Apostle, Apostle, Alien Agenda in the New Testament. His website is his name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. He's got a YouTube channel that Lex has that linked for you as well. And he's on Twitter under undocument.com. Jeff Doherty, of course, has been a Bible college graduate and a 20-year minister over all these years. Well, stick with us for the rest of the week. We've got a great Coast to Coast program for you, and we'll be back tomorrow. For Dan Galante, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasur, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.